Vinny's view on the home of the Suns. Arizona Sports 98.7 and the Arizona Sports app. Brought to you by Bumblebee Plumbing. They can buzz right over. Why? Because they care. BumblebeePlumbingAC.com. There's been so much talk about the big three in Phoenix this season and the roster and output of this year's Suns being top-heavy. It may have been for only one night, but the shoe was on the other foot Tuesday night at Footprint Center. The Sacramento Kings big three of De'Aaron Fox, Damanis Sabonis, and Malik Monk combined for 95 points. But it was the balanced Suns who came away with a 130-125 win in front of a sellout crowd. The Suns' big three wasn't even intact that long as Bradley Beal strained his left hamstring and left the contest just five minutes into the action and would not return. That pressed veteran guard Eric Gordon into increased duty, and EG answered the call. He kept the Suns in the game in the first half, scoring 20 of his 23 points before halftime. Gordon was also the recipient of a lob pass from newcomer Royce O'Neal that ended in a highlight dunk. Not exactly something Gordon is known for producing at this point in his career. Fans were asking, is that Air Gordon? And Suns head coach Frank Vogel was wearing an ear-to-ear smile and actually quipped to the guard, what have you done with Eric Gordon? While Gordon was feasting in the first half, all-star Devin Booker was starving. Book started one for ten from the floor, but came around. He made six of his last seven shots to help fuel a big fourth quarter. But it wasn't just Gordon and Booker. It was almost everybody who had their fingerprints on this win. Durant was an efficient assassin, hitting 28 points on 11 of 17 shooting and added 11 rebounds while cutting down on his turnovers. Grayson Allen scored 19 points, helped ice the game at the free throw line. Josh Okogie had a huge offensive tip rebound off of a late Devin Booker free throw miss that gave Allen the icing opportunity. Yusuf Nurkic, who ran into a tough matchup against Demonis Sabonis, came back in after a small ball stretch and had a huge block and a steal in a pivotal fourth quarter run. Nasir Little hit a three to put the Suns up 10 in the fourth. And O'Neal himself filled the stat sheet with nine points, four rebounds, five assists, four steals, and a block shot in nearly 30 minutes off the bench. This was a very gratifying win, all things considered, and it set the Suns up to have a happy All-Star break if they can just get past the worst team in the league tonight. That is Vinny's View, brought to you by Bumblebee Plumbing. Yeah, I just liked everybody's minutes, you know. We was able to, um, guys understood the assignment. Royce came in, EG came in, Drew, Josh made some big plays, um, Nas came in, hit a big three, you know, so everybody understood what their assignment was. We kept the game simple on both ends, and you know, we just played, you know. So I, I liked how we started the fourth quarter. I like how we ended the third. Like I said last week, once we end the third uh, in a solid fashion, the fourth quarters, we can ease into the fourth quarters a little bit more. So we got up two going into the uh, fourth, and I was able to get us some momentum and to start the fourth quarter. So um, it's a good win for us, man. We needed this one. It's Kevin Durant after the win last night. Uh, pretty good synopsis there in 39 mm-hmm. seconds yep. from, from KD. Every Everybody played well. I mean, Drew Eubanks. You know, kind of a rough night for him. Ball Ball got a very, very short stint, and things no. didn't go well for him. But everybody else that played, man, they, they all contributed. You you would think that with Thaddeus Young coming in, that Drew Eubanks is going to be probably the guy, the odd man out, minutes-wise. Not that he's getting a ton to begin with. No, no. And depending on matchups, and look, Sabonis is an absolute nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> and to think we could have had him. He was right there for James Jones, and he wouldn't push the button. 
Whatever. Okay, we don't need to let, uh, go. We don't need to live in the rearview mirror. Not a good idea. Uh, I agree with you. This was a very good win. There was time. There was a time last night when Nas, Nasir Little, and Josh Kogi were on the floor together. Mm-hmm. That's like a lockdown defensive look. So it, it may maybe Frank Vogel is doing this. Maybe he's kind of putting combinations, pairings, things that might help him down the road. That was another it's, thing that stood out last night, though. Frank Vogel's had a lot of heat for rotations this year for in-game decisions, things like that. Last night was just one of those nights, and it might be indicative of, of nothing other than just just buzzards luck, but mm-hmm. it seems like he pushed all the right buttons last night, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Like, I agree. He went small because of the success the Suns had with a small ball lineup the last time these two teams met, mm-hmm. and Sabonis went batty. He was doing whatever he wanted out there. Mm-hmm. And then went back to Nurkic with about three minutes and change left in the game. Nurkic didn't shoot, didn't, I don't think he had a rebound, but he had two block shots and, and a steal that were very, mm-hmm. very big at, at crucial times. Yes. And yeah, that was you know again pushing the right button. No, totally. And and I you pointed out Royce O'Neal. Not only did he have a real sturdy debut, home debut. Um, it, it looks like he, he just looks like he's got the right attitude. It uh-huh. looks like we're gonna like this guy. And as you pointed out, he was he was he was pressed into heavy minutes. Uh, well, maybe not heavy minutes, but based on what he was expecting with the Bradley Beal. Uh, injury. Yeah. You know what I mean? Frank, Frank not, Vogel said they wanted to ease him in before right, the game last night. Right, Sorry, no right. easing in. It, yeah. uh, Roy's your player. 30 minute stint for him. Yeah. Yeah. And and then for Bull Bull to just get a little look see in this game. I, again, I, I the the team with with the addition of Royce O'Neal and with Thaddeus Young, it's I, it's going to be interesting to 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 look and see how formidable this team is because one of the things that I do believe um, is real. I, I believe guys like KD and Book and maybe even Bradley Beal, I, I, guys like that know the quality of dudes around them. There's nobody as good as them around them, but they know what they're getting from their supporting cast. And and it affects everything. It affects body language. It affects belief. And if they feel like, okay, this crew I can go to proverbial war with, um, it it's gonna it's gonna lift this team emotionally. And it's good, and that's going to lift them on the court. I'm real excited to see exactly what this team does post All Star break with some practices, practices with some practices, right? And and to see, like you pointed out, there's going to be any number of of big games for this team in the very near future. Last night was one of them, and it's and it's good to beat that team, and it's good to beat that team the way they did. I mean, you basically beat Sacramento at their own game. You know, you you had a 77-point first quarter between these two teams. Mm-hmm. And they were, I mean, Sacramento was relentless offensively. But it was strange mm-hmm. to see the 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 lion's share of their points just come from three three guys. Because yeah. they got so many guys that can kill you. I mean, Harrison Barnes has killed the Suns in the past. Mm-hmm. Keegan Murray's had huge games this year, did very little in that game. Kevin Herter's one of the elite shooters in the league, but it was all Sabonis. Who kills the Suns? Mm-hmm. Fox, who kills the Suns? Monk, who kills the Suns? And for them to be able on a night where their big three A wasn't together and really didn't put up gaudy numbers like they're capable of, mm-hmm. that's got to feel great for this team. We got to get into Eric Gordon's dunk, by the way. Yeah, oh yeah. Listen, <laughs> and, and that, that's the other thing. Not only was that a great dunk, but it, it, the team when Eric Gordon has good games, the team just looks on a different level. Yes. And he played confidently, especially yep. in that first half. Kept him in there. Got some praise from Devin Booker. 
And yeah, he was that force um, offensively that, you know, I felt like they couldn't slow down, um, getting to the rim, um, making open threes, and seeing him go to the ceiling on the lob. <laughs> Uh, but didn't surprise me. Surprised a lot of people. I didn't, I didn't see him do it plenty of times, just not as of recent. Here was KD on the dunk. I, when Royce tossed the lob, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, who else can catch this lob? We all small right here. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I see EG coming out of nowhere. He got long arms for his size. And I see him coming out of nowhere and finish that. And that shows that he still you know, loves the game. He's, he's, he's getting his body right every day. I see him in the weight room. I see him working on his game every day. And... Just somebody at that age, just got to admire it. Eric's third dunk in two years. Third dunk? <laughs> well, I was happy I was able to be on the floor to see this one. First dunk is a son. That's great. Doug That's from The Athletic pointed it mm-hmm. out. Eric Gordon, in his first three years in the league, had 86 dunks. Wow. And like, well, he's gotten a little heavy legged, you know. Yeah. Age will do that to people. You see Jarrett walking I, around. Yeah, I can't dunk like I used to. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I disagree. You get him a donut and a oh, cup of coffee. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Good win for the Suns uh, last night. They got another one tonight mm-hmm. against Detroit. The return of Monty Williams as head coach now of the Detroit Pistons. Coming up next, spring training underway this morning. Pitchers and catchers reporting to Salt River Fields. For the D-backs, we'll talk to their skipper. Yeah. To get it all kicked off next here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's Bernsey. Pitchers and catchers have reported for the Diamondbacks and the National League champions are out for blood, or at least to get back to the World Series. What should our expectations be of the current club? It's the Burns and Gambo Show, 2-6 to six on Arizona Sports. It is a day of convergence here on February 14th. Valentine's Day. Yeah. Sarah pointed it out. Arizona's birthday. Uh-huh. First day of spring training out at Salt River Field. Wow. First official day. Yeah. Uh, the Diamondbacks pitchers and catchers getting at it, and uh, I love the way this sounds. In defense of the National League pennant, it's it. Listen, it's it's got that feel that we had with the Cardinals when they made it to the Super Bowl, where it's like, did that really happen? Mm-hmm. Was this baseball team really in the World Series? Should they really have been up two games zip? <laughs> yes and yes. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Uh, and uh, here to talk about it with us, the manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks, the National League champion Arizona Diamondbacks on this first day of spring training. Tori Lavella joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Tori, good Tory. morning. Good morning, boys. How are we doing? That sounds good. It's got a nice ring to it when you say that, so I appreciate that. It, it National does. League champs. It means a lot. Hopefully we can be saying that next uh, February, too. But maybe the, the, the precursor <laughs> to champions uh, changes. The world sounds better. Uh, getting back at it, how's it feel to get back to work after what was a different off season for this organization? Let's face it. Yeah, it sure was. Um, first of all, today's day one with pitchers and catchers. Uh, but for the most part, every position player is here. So we got a full camp, but uh, I'm super excited about it. You know, day one of spring tr- training means something special to every organization. Uh, there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of dreaming going on. Uh, and we know what that's like. We know what that feels like right now. And, and we're very we're very directed. We're, we're, we're 
we're you know going to work with a purpose every single day, and that's to go out and be ready on game one, as as ready as we'll be on game two, and just keep pushing through it. We want we feel like we have a very incomplete grade after last season. It was successful, but we didn't get to the top of the mountain, and that's where we want to be. Tori, before we uh, uh, move on to this season, I do have to ask you: Did you get up north? Did you sit in a tent? Did you consume <laughs> consume vast amounts of ice cream while wallowing in self pity? In other words, how long did it take you to flush the World Series? I, I did. You know what? I, I just hunkered down. I did not go camping. I did not suck my thumb, but I had plenty of ice cream. Um, you know, I, probably the, the world's weirdest answer, but I, I'm a weird person anyways. And uh, I just was telling the world how I felt at that, at that moment. It was, um, it was a really, really sad moment for me and this organization. And I just wanted the baseball community to know that, that we, we were hurting, and as they were too. So um, I, I probably cycled through it about two weeks later when I started to realize exactly what we accomplished. And that's when things start to slow down for me anyways. It's just you're in the grind. You're in it every single day. And, and you just you, you can't process things the, the right way. Your mind is in one spot, and that's to win a baseball game today. So probably took me two weeks. I got a ton of ice cream sent to me. I got ice cream sent from people that I don't even know. I don't even know how they got my home address. But I had so much chocolate and peanut butter ice cream. It was amazing. You so probably look you like Andy Reid right now. Oh, man. Oh, I, I easily put on 10 pounds. Like, I'm still carrying that, that winter weight around. i got to work it off. Uh, Tori Lavello, our guest here on Bigley and Murata Mornings. You mentioned it took two weeks, but after the two weeks, when you looked back at the entire run, were you feeling more of, uh, you know, those, those feelings of missed opportunities? Were you feeling proud? Was it a mix of the both? Was it something else completely different when you looked back, Tori? Yeah, it's it's in different stages, you know. Um, I I I looked at Kyle Shanahan the other day as he was walking off the field after the Super Bowl, and I felt I felt that pain before, and I know what he was thinking. You get so close to something and it just doesn't happen, and um, I was empathizing with him. But but as I was watching him walk off, I, I I was telling myself he should be really proud of his accomplishment, even though he was the runner up, even though he did not win a Super Bowl, uh, they still had a tremendous year. So. That that's kind of what I, it's been in waves for me. And, you know, that might have been the final piece for me to just mm. completely turn the page and say, it's go time for, for, for me. And I did, I felt like I'd already done that and, and flushed it already, but I, I saw that and I realized that they accomplished a lot. And I told myself the same thing. We did so many wonderful things here in Arizona last year. We, we proved to the, to the league that we were we were a real baseball team. We got into the big dance, and I don't care how we got into the big dance. We did not get lucky. You don't beat three teams the way we did to get into the World Series by getting lucky. We were a good baseball team, and I started to realize all the good things that we did, and of course, I'm going to sit on the things that need to that need to be improved upon. That is my job. So uh, we have we have a menu right now. We've put together a menu that we need to accomplish X, Y, and Z over the course of spring training, and that's what starts today. Now, well, to, to spank the Dodgers the way you did and to do what you did those last two games in Philadelphia, that was some hardcore stuff. And as a result, you, you have seen the way this city and this town has rallied around this team. You heard it during the Pro-Am at the WM Phoenix Open, how much love is out there for you and your baseball team uh given where this has been with the crowd interaction in the past this is significant and i know you know that your thoughts on preserving that and capitalizing on that and taking that relationship to the next level 
Yeah, first of all, I am so grateful and thankful for every Arizona Diamondback fan out there. And uh, we know that they're out there. Uh, we want to continue winning, or earning their trust, and having them come out there to support us the way they did for the back half of last year and certainly through the playoffs. That was so amazing. We want, we want to just put that in a bottle, capture it, and keep it there forever. But we feel like we can get even bigger and better and stronger and build that relationship with, with the fans. Uh, we represent the state of Arizona in such a proud fashion, and we want everybody around us to bleed Sedona red. No doubt about it. But there is so much love for, for what's happening around here, and even inside of our clubhouse. I, it's, it just doesn't, st- it doesn't stop. You know, it start with the fans. It's, it's the family, the, the friends, uh, the players inside of this clubhouse. We feel the same way the fans do. We are all aligned. And you know what? I want to make sure that we're not complacent. I don't want to say that this is going to happen naturally every single game and every single year. We've got to work our butts off, and that's what we're going to start doing today. I think a lot of fans are very thrilled that Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is back in the mix, but other additions to this roster, you talk about getting bigger and stronger. You add Rodriguez, you add Suarez, you get Peterson. How excited are you uh, to be able to manage these guys and, and kind of acclimate them into what you've already started building, Tori? Yeah, well, the, for, the first piece of, piece of the puzzle was getting Lourdes Gurriel back. That was amazing. Um, you know, I, small discussions with Mike about what his plan was going to be. We felt like uh, Lourdes was going to, you know, potentially move on and, and get a lot of money. And uh, you know, we were going to we were going to welcome that opportunity for him. But when it started to fall back onto us, I couldn't have been more thrilled. He is such a wonderful player um, and fits into what we do here inside of this culture every single day. He is a true. Air- Arizona Diamondback, big hits, great at bats, played quality defense. So, uh, and a and a very very qualified right hand at bat. So, I I could have been more thrilled. And then and then the pieces just kept coming. It was uh, Gino Suarez, um, it was Eduardo Rodriguez, it was Jock Peterson, and those were some of the needs that were discussed. And I'm not really I don't have a seat at that table, but I, I listen and pay attention when I'm when I'm around those conversations. I I had talked to Mike and and company about some of the needs moving forward this offseason, early in the offseason. And, you know, getting a little bit more depth starting pitching-wise, check. Uh, a third baseman that we felt like could, could handle a big workload and have quality at-bats, check. And then certainly getting that left-handed bat with Jock Peterson was the final piece. And, you know, Jock has been a thorn in our side for so long. It was the Dodgers and then it was the Giants. And I've watched him and I've always been a big fan and I can't wait to, to see what he does to help us win baseball games here. Now, and, and you do know the new element to all of this is going to be expectations. Um, is And that's difficult, especially when the Dodgers keep adding players. And I don't need to tell you that Shohei hit 10 homers in his first 22 swings in his first outing with the Dodgers. How do you manage expectations? How do you how do you make this happen again? Yeah, first of all, um, you know, kudos to the Dodgers. They got they got the the, the two the two prime um, free agents off the off the market with Yamamoto and and Shohei. So more power to them. Um, you know what? We embrace that. We know the Dodgers are going to be the Dodgers. They have an unbelievably um, good talent pool that's coming up from within. They're combining that with some some really top end free agents, and you add that to Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, and you have a very potent team. It is what it is. 
and we actually love that challenge. We talk about embracing that challenge and saying, look, it's here before us. we got to play them X amount of times. Uh, we don't play them every game. we just got to compete and do our job and focus on what we do inside of the dugout every single day. So um, that, that aside, uh, you know, m- more power to them, and, and we love that. We're going to go out there, and we're going to take care of our business the best way we know how and see where that lands at the end of the day. Well, Tori, we're all excited for the oh, beginning yeah. of the season. Thanks so much for joining us on uh, day one of spring. And uh, if you have any of that excess ice cream laying around, <laughs> I, I know of a morning uh, radio show that would probably take some of it off your hands if you want to get rid of it. I don't know, man. You might have to wrestle me for that. I love my ice cream, no doubt about it. Thank you, bud. All right, boys. See Thanks, you, Tori. See you soon. Tori Lavello, manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. We'll have more Diamondbacks Stoke, talk man. later on in the hour. Zach Gallen scheduled to join us at 745. But first, Sarah Cazell will take us through the big stories of this Wednesday morning here in the Rush Hour Reboot on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Setting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot. A little later than usual, but worth it when we are talking ice cream with Tori Lovello, the D-backs manager. Uh, great conversation, guys. That was awesome. And I just have to say, I've never related more to a baseball manager, someone who self-medicates with ice cream. Hi, hello. Yep. Meet me. Uh, this is the Rush Hour Reboot. As I was saying, we take you through the top stories of the day every day at this time. I'm Sarah Cazell with Dan Bickley. Hello. Vince Murata. Valentine's Day is a sham created by Cardinal companies to reinforce and exploit gender stereotypes. <laughs> Is that 30 Rock? Is that Tina Fey? Yes. Bless. And Jarrett Carlin. You don't know what's happening at the bottom of a pile when they're trying to rip your eyes out and they're, they're trying to take your nose and re- rearrange it to the back of your head. Is that Gambo as Wolf? Yes. Amazing. Good, good ears. Spot on. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't think that was Wolf as well. Is that that Wolf? Uncanny. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's jump right in as we are short on time. The Suns beat the Kings 131-25 last night. Now the Suns have won four of their last five. As of this morning, they are the fifth team in the West. Kevin Durant, 28 points, 11 boards. Devin Booker had 25 points and nine assists. We will get to Booker in a minute. Uh, And then Eric Gordon had 23 points and 12 points coming from three. What did you guys like? about last night's win and who impressed you most because there were multiple impressive performances. Yeah. Uh, again, for the home debut of Royce O'Neal, very impressed with his demeanor, um, his ability to make shots, uh, what he brings. Uh, a very good night from Eric Gordon and when he does get up around 20 plus points, the team just feels unbeatable. Uh, Book, after a very, very cold beginning, was just nails and in his bag late. Yeah, the, the balance of it all. And it's that's a good team they beat. And they beat a team that put forth a couple of very good performances. Uh, teammates that went 35 and 40. Yeah. I mean, big, yeah. big hit on, on what I liked the most was the widespread contributions. What I liked the most was Devin Booker. And again, to go back to what Bick said earlier in the show, that's what superstars yes. do. Yes. We will never look back in the history of Devin Booker's career and say, wow, remember that game on February 13th, 2024, when he scored 25 points against the Kings? No. 
But when you dive deeper into it, and he was struggling so badly for him to take over in the fourth quarter, a team that's had massive fourth quarter issues, he scored like 10 points in the last two yep. and a half minutes of that game. Yes, he did. Uh, that impressed me the most. Okay, so you might not remember his night, but Devin Booker might because last night yes. he became the Suns' second all-time leading scorer, uh, beating, or not beating, but moving past Alvin Adams, the legendary big man. Uh, here is Devin Booker after the game, giving some love to Alvin Adams. Hard to put the words, um, especially passing Alvin. You know, somebody that I have a, a high respect for, somebody that's been around this organization, um, not just as a player, but um, as a facility manager, always being hands-on and, you know, just... You know, his presence is there and been there from the beginning. So, you know, big shout out to Alvin. Booker now has 13,918 career points with the Suns. He only sits behind Walter Davis, who had 15,666 points during his 11-year Suns career. So that means Booker needs 1,749 more points to become the Suns' all-time leading scorer. And Suns coach Frank Vogel said last night it is just a matter of time before that happens. When the Suns drafted Devin Booker back in 2015, did you guys foresee this? for him? Did you expect that Booker oh, would be no. on this trajectory? No, 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 no. This Again, this is a sixth man at Kentucky who was a one-trick pony. He had a very, very polished jump shot, and that was about it. Uh, what, no, what nobody saw was just the maniacal competitiveness and the just his long-term plans. He knew what he he knew he re, where he was going from day one. Yeah, absolutely. Didn't expect it at all. And that rookie season, I mean, he didn't play a lot. Opportunity opened up due to injury. But you, I remember thinking like, I and I'd watched him at Kentucky. That Kentucky team was amazing. Yeah. So you watched a lot of that uh, that team mm-hmm. that year. But you're like, he looks like he's 12 years old. Yeah. Oh my gosh! How can he compete Look, in the NBA? But when, he wasn't even he, a starter. In when college. he he won the NBA All-Star Game three-point shooting contest, which a lot of newer Suns fans don't even remember. Yes. He uh, he looks like a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I love that um, in uh, talking with Amanda Flugrad after the game, he said the words, this organization means so much to me. And he's got a respect for it and a, yeah, and a feel of the history. And he's not lying. I mean, Alvin Adams is one of the most underrated figures in Suns history. Mm-hmm. And if you go to a game, you see him at every single game. He's been around this organization for close to 50 years in different capacities as a player, as an ambassador. Now he's worked for the arena since it opened. Um, I, I love that Devin Booker feels that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, something to be, that, that's something to be proud of if you're a Suns fan. And something else that Booker pointed out last night was just how much Alvin Adams and other older Suns players from the previous generation mm-hmm. have really wrapped their arms around him, which is not necessarily always the case when you have the generational divide. No and so doubt he, about it. Yeah. He That's, said he appreciated you're exactly that exactly right about that, Ruthless. There we go. We're all rebooted. Yes, Thank you, you are. Sarah. Woo! Rush Hour Good Reboot read. every morning at uh, 7.30. You can always text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620. It's always open. Coming up next, we'll continue our baseball discussion on day one of spring training. D-backs ace Zach Gallen joins us here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, it's Wolf. Baseball season is upon us as pitchers and catchers report to spring training. So do the Diamondbacks need to add anything else before the regular season starts? We get going at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. 
Yeah, first workouts for pitchers and catchers for the Diamondbacks today out at Salt River Fields. And one of those pitchers, Diamondbacks ace pitcher Zach Gallen, joins us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Zach, good morning. Thanks for checking in with us. We appreciate it. Morning, fellas. How's it going? Uh, good. Back to work after a magical run last year. And, and for somebody who's been around uh, yeah, Arizona for as long as you have now uh, in, in so many different ways, how was this offseason different for you? I can imagine just walking around town was a little bit different. Yeah, I'd say the you know first month or so after the after the you know postseason was a little crazy. Anytime I had left the house, um, you know somebody came up and, and stopped you know me and my girlfriend to you know talk about the season or the run or whatever. Um, so it was a lot of fun just to kind of hear people's perspective on it. Um, you know it's it's uh, it's awesome. It's when you do something that you know people want to talk to you about. It's it's you're, you're proud of that. Um, but yeah, it was it was a short off season for sure. But I think uh, I think we'll we'll take short off seasons around here. If that no doubt, no doubt in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, Zach, so you were at the WM Phoenix Open Pro-Am, and you, like your manager, you were hearing a lot of love, and it's clear that this baseball team has kind of really gone deep with the fan base. Your thoughts on preserving that, growing that, capitalizing on that? Because you've been around a a while here now, and you know it hasn't always been like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we haven't haven't – played very well to 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 know garner that much support so i i don't blame the fans in that sense but you know we finally we would put a good product on the field give them something to cheer about um and the fans are repaying us you know coming out and, and showing love and you know i think it's it's a it's a give and take we try and get out in the community and, and put ourselves out there um you know in hopes that the fan base and everybody sees you know the just a good clubhouse of guys um and then you gotta go out and do your job and play well and, and the fans have definitely um come out and show support so we're excited for this year. Now, during during that amazing postseason run, Merrill was pitching out of his mind. You had mixed results until the end. You were also carrying a, uh, an unprecedented workload into the postseason. Then you went out and darn near threw a, a no-hitter in, in Game 5 of the World Series and, and really kind of uh, put your foot down in terms of that. How do you guys look at the top of the rotation? Are you, are you co-aces? Who's the opening day starter? Are you guys having fun with that? Yeah, I mean, I've always said, um, you know, whoever's pitching that day, that's the ace. You have the number one, you know, on the lineup card next to your name. So you're you're the ace, you know. It, it really doesn't matter, I think, honestly, at that point. It's like, listen, you have to go out and do your job and, and help the team win the game. I mean, the, all the, the monikers and, and whatever and nicknames are all, are all good on paper, but it ultimately just comes down to who shows up, who, who plays the best, um, and who's doing their job. So, you know, for me, whether you're, you're the first – start of the ace whatever you're pitching opening day or you're pitching the fifth game it's like we're still trying to win that game um you're the ace that day you're the you're the guy taking the ball zach gallon of the uh, arizona diamondbacks our guest here on the arizona sports line in so many ways a magical year for you personally i mean opening day starter starting pitching a uh, pitcher in the all-star game you started in game one of the world series as well as game five uh third in the cy young voting and your numbers i mean a big increase in, in strikeouts and wins and as my partner mentioned your workload i mean what do you view as uh, what could be next for you in this ascension uh in, in your career zach yeah, I mean, for me, it's 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 all about just trying to get better, really. Um, you know, I think even if I would have had a, a better year um, number-wise or, or accolades-wise, I still would have looked for a way to improve. I, I, I've, I've kind of always just echoed the sentiment that once you become stagnant in this game, um, you're, you're behind already lost. So for me, it was just, you know, 
trying to find any little avenue I can to exploit that'll make me, you know, just a little bit better to, you know, maybe makes it easier to throw 200 innings again or, you know, whatever that is, whatever I felt like was a, a good plan to make me better i kind of dove into that and you know tried to attack it this offseason and see uh see if we can you know add something here this coming year all right your general manager felt very very sheepish about leaving the team and and the manager with that bullpen game in game four of the world series what do you make of the additions uh to the pitching staff and and how how fortified do you think the team has been in this offseason yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, um, you know, just kind of the, the thing that seemed to be, you know, just the idea around here is that, like, they're going to invest. The, the front office management was going to reinvest back in the team if we put a good product out there. So for them to go out there and, and, and live up to their end of the bargain um, and add a guy like Erod and, and add some bats and Suarez and, and Jock Peterson. And then, you know, you have guys coming back, you know, like Tommy Henry was hurt the second half of last year. You got Ryan Nelson, who I've seen throw some bullpens, look pretty good. So, I mean, yeah, we we, we have, I think, uh, we, I know for a fact we have more depth going into this year, um, which is exciting for us because, you know, as you guys know, it's, it's a long season and injuries tend to happen or, you know, slumps tend to happen. So you kind of have that, you want to have that depth back to back you up. And, um, yeah, so I'm excited at the additions we got. Zach Gallant of the Diamondbacks, our guest here on Arizona Sports. Uh, during the, the run last year in the postseason, obviously you were great. Merrill was great to get uh, Brandon Fott, and his contributions were amazing from a starting standpoint. But this is kind of new territory for you because the bullpen was so good during that run, and the Diamondbacks have always been a team, at least during your stay here, that is piecing together a bullpen at this time of the year. That back end seems to be buttoned up. How different of a feeling is that for you, and how important are those guys moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you know, like you said, it was no secret we were trying to piece it together. Um, but I think, you know, the, the teams that you've seen over the last, um, you know, how many years in, in baseball, um, the teams that are pretty successful have that back end of the bullpen buttoned up. And, you know, our guys came through clutch last year. I mean, they had their ups and downs, but when it came, you know, when it time came to matter, those guys did their job. Um you know, and I think it just, I think it just kind of eases the mind down there. It's like everyone's got their role. It's like, okay, you know, you're pitching in this situation, and then it just kind of, it just flows a lot better. Um, and then same thing on on the starting pitching side, and even the offense. It's like, all right, just get it to the seventh inning with a lead. Um, you know, and this game, you know, should be over. So yeah, I mean, it, it eases everybody's mind for sure. It's kind of the, the thing that's it's the unsung hero. I think if if you look at a lot of teams in the bullpen. You mentioned the short off season. We've mentioned your unprecedented ended workload last year how do you feel physically and, and and how proud of yourself were you of what you put on that field in game five in that kind of elimination game to be as lethal as you were how did you process that yeah i mean the, the short off season is uh like i said it's, it's a good problem to have that means we we played pretty far um so ironically i was going into this all season whether we we you know didn't make the playoffs or or we did I was going to just not stop throwing um you know getting a little bit older now it takes a little bit longer for the arm to to loosen up so I figured you know let's just see what happens so kind of you know the season kind of dictated that for me anyway so it was like I took you know maybe a week or so off 10 days and then just picked up a ball again and started to keep it moving so I felt good in the sense of like I wasn't starting from scratch in terms of taking a month or two off so yeah, I felt it felt good being able to work on stuff and feel good about my delivery and kind of hammer out the kinks where I felt like they were. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, in game five for me, it was just like I hadn't pitched well the last, um, you know, since 
the Dodgers game two, um, you know, two two not great games against Philly, and then just an okay game against the Rangers. So I felt like, all right, I mean, you know, we're, we're, our backs are against the wall. I got to do everything I can. I mean, these guys look to me to take the ball and, and give us a chance to win. So that was my thought. Um, you know, I just that's a good lineup. Um, and you damn near need to no hit them to beat them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, but yeah, I mean, that was my thought. It was like these guys look to me. I need to step up. I need to do my job. Zach Gallen, our guest. Zach, before we let you go, we talked to Tori, your manager, earlier, and he did some traveling. He ate a lot of ice cream in the offseason, apparently. <laughs> uh, what was the best thing you did this offseason? Oh, we got a puppy, so that was probably the best. Oh, thing congrats. Yeah, thank you. My girlfriend and I got, got a little English bulldog, Moose, so <laughs> he's been taking up most of my time. He's been cutting into my golf schedule a good bit, so. <laughs> but no, he's, he's been great, so we're, we're excited that, he, that we have him. He's part of the family. Fantastic. Oh, very oh your cool. golf swing is looking good, Zach. I got to tell you that. Well, thank you, but it's I, I could use a little bit more help. I'm I gotta my wallet tends to get taken when we go so I need to I need to button it up a little bit. <laughs> Zach, always good to talk to you. Thanks for catching thank up you, with man. us this morning. We really appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you, Zach Allen, Diamondbacks ace pitcher, joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line. A bulldog named Moose. How cool is what that? What is up, Moose? <laughs> Moose. <laughs> Coming up, the uh, second half of today's show gets underway in style with the Bickley Blast. Fire. It's Bickley Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.